The good news is we think we know what's going on. These delusions you've been living with, this fantasy land you've been existing in, instead of reality, we know why. Let me just ask you a couple questions. Are you a Democrat? How'd you know I was a Democrat? Well, because our test results, they show you're almost completely full of shit. Now, we've been seeing an epidemic of this, just completely full of shit Democrats just running around insisting that their fantasy land is real, and it isn't. Turns out they're just full of shit, and you are too. Now, we can lower your shit levels and introduce some much-needed reality. There's a prescription I could write. You just have to watch a few Tucker Carlson videos, and we'll turn this whole thing around. Tucker Carlson is a literal Nazi piece of shit. The horse they rode in on. Okay, okay, that's the shit talking. It's worse than I thought. I'm also going to write you a prescription for some Ben Shapiro videos as well. <clears throat> it's going to be okay. You don't have to live your life being completely full of shit. Now, all you have to do is see Karen up front, settle your bill. We'll get you scheduled for a follow-up. I have other patients I need. Wait, to see. wait, wait, wait. What do you mean, bill? I don't... I have Obamacare. My health care's free, Doc. Do you want to know who else was full of shit? Obama. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Good evening. Good afternoon, Chris. How are you? Good, man. What's happening? I think that's a good way to start the show, right? That's right. Uh, good day. <laughs> you got our pronouns correct. Good. Yes, thank you very much, Rick. <laughs> we're, we're, we're ready for tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say, but it doesn't really start till tomorrow. Yeah, well, see, I've I've even got my rainbow colored background on me, just you. in prepared. I'm I'm prepared for it. I've got I'm wearing a pair of tuckables. Got my dick tucked in. I'm <laughs> hey, ready. I'm, I'm ready yeah. for June. See, that's the great part about me. Not to get too personal here, uh, but I don't need tuckables <laughs> because I'm like permanently tucked. I mean, I'm just a fat guy. <laughs> so yeah, when you like me, I'm like a turtle. You know? <laughs> Nice. Just retreats to the shell. Yeah. So, you know, that's a oh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. And we're off and running. <laughs> I was just well, talking to somebody. I feel bad. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Giancarlo Floridia coming up today. Yes. Song writer. Yes, he is. He's and I'm kind of interested to see how that goes because I'm interested to see what the behind the scenes of writing songs is all about. Well, I know he's excited to come on. He he left a couple of messages on my Facebook making sure that he had the time right and the connection right and all that other stuff. So Good. I know he's pumped to come on and he's I, I when I don't know how much he's allowed to share as far as everybody that he's working with. Yeah. But let me just say he's working with just a flood of people that you've heard of. You know, I, the the two obvious people are Michael Sweet of Striper and yeah. um, George Lynch of Lynch Mob and Dokken and yeah, you know, and and he writes for these guys. He writes That's lyrics cool. and he writes songs and you know. I mean, so, I don't know what the, you know. All he knows, I mean, I guess he knows about writing songs or what you get. But I mean, I am sure. always curious as to like when it comes to these superstars, mm -hmm. like a Taylor Swift. I mean, you know, she's probably as smart as a box of rocks, dude. So. You know, writing songs other than you know the fact that her boyfriends break up with her or she breaks up with the boyfriends yeah. uh, is probably pretty routine. But somebody has to write all the lyrics, and mm -hmm. so what does a person like that get paid? Well, we'll ask him. 
I, so. I mean, I was telling you before, I I know a guy that wrote um, on um, Christine Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle and, and you know, that, that stuff, and he made a fortune. A yeah. fortune. Now, obviously, that was a six or seven million selling album, but he made a fortune, and that was a big hit. So... Yeah, so I'm behind the scenes. We always talk to the bands, but we don't talk mm-hmm. to the people that are writing the songs. Other than, I mean, most of the local bands, I'm sure they write most of their own oh, yeah. stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah. But I'm interested to see what an actual songwriter does. Sure. Um, so it's been an interesting day today, I guess. I got my grill put together. Nice. Finally, I've got a grill, and I'm very excited. It's put together. Problem is, I have no friggin' po- propane. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went to every store in Northeast Ohio last night, and every single one of them is out of propane. Well, buy some charcoal. It's a gas grill. Yeah, stick it in there. What difference does it make? I can't ignite. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna screw up the grill. I just bought it. I'm, I'm gonna do the gas thing, but I gotta wait probably six weeks before they get their inventory no. back up. Um, I should have propane by the time winter hits. <laughs> You'll have propane by by Friday. But until then, I'm excited just because now I feel like home guy. Right. Because now I sat today in my rocker out on the screened-in patio. I turned on my little Alexa next to on the table next to me. With right. My, my Diet Coke sitting with me, and I turned on Yacht Rock. Nice. On, there you on go. Spotify, and I uh, kicked back. I was staring at the grill as it sat outside, and I felt like. Like, yeah, home dude. Right. Just air supply playing while you're rocking yeah. in the chair. Hell yeah. It was nice. <laughs> it was cool. 80 degrees outside, perfect temperature for it. <laughs> and there's a fan on the, on the patio, so it really wasn't that hot. It was like right. nice and cool. And yeah, it couldn't have been any better than, than that. So very nice. Uh, it was very exciting. Although, you know, I hired a guy and. To come over and put it together because now with the leg I can't really get down on the ground. I can't do a whole lot of moving around. Sure. I can't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I uh, hired a guy to come over and do it. And supposedly an expert off of Thumbtack. Okay. An app. I'll put that comment up in a minute. I want to ask you about that. Um, yeah. and, and so he comes over, a nice guy, and has a great name for his company. I'll, I'll give him a plug. Patriot. Home improvement or something, Patriot improvement, something like that. Okay. And I, so I asked him, I said, you know, how'd you come up with a name? And he said that he used to live in like New England area. And he's like, he thought there were a lot of Patriots that lived up there. And I was, other than the football team. Right. And I said, oh, okay. And he's like, I just moved to, you know, this area. He's like, there's no Patriots in this country like there are in Ohio. He's like, everywhere I turn, there's an American flag and people that are patriots Good. of this great country in this this state right here. Right. And I thought that was amazing. That was great. That's awesome. Uh, the only problem is he had like three screws left over. <laughs> so I, I don't know exactly what those go to. Um, he ran through the book and said, I used all of them that they gave me. Well, okay. So there's three extra. Maybe they were like. Maybe they give extras. Who knows? Yeah, just in case you lose one in the grass or something. Yeah, could be. You'll find out when you're grilling and the whole thing falls apart. Check your local U-Haul or campground. They near they fill them, not exchange. Uh, I called a tractor tractor supply plus store last night Mm -hmm. because they just opened up one not too long ago. 
over in Brogdite's. And I asked the lady who answered if they had propane tanks. Now, she sounded on the phone like I was an alien calling right. and asking for some you know, sort of weird device. Sure. She had no idea what a propane tank was. And I wanted to explain to her, you have a tank outside your store that looks like the Goodyear blimp. Right. That is designed for propane tanks. Yeah. And then she comes back and she says, well, we can give you a an empty one for $60. Oh, good. Thanks. Or we can fill it for 80 $80? Really? Yeah. Now, that's a little pricey for the other one. I've seen full ones around town for like 55 60 bucks. Giant Eagle, I think it's like like uh, $69. Oh. Um, but I asked her, I said, well, what exactly do you want me to do with the empty tank? Yeah. That I'm going to spend $60 on. Yeah. Decoration? Yeah, I guess I could put it near the grill. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like the grill is functional. Right. But still not going to work. Uh, but, yeah, she had no idea what the hell I was talking about. And then I just started getting pissed. Because the more I went on on my search, the more I dealt with people that have no freaking clue what they're doing right. as far as customer service goes. Okay. Yeah. We talked about this earlier today. Mm-hmm. I went to a Subway, zero customer service. Yeah. So I told her she actually had meat on the sandwich. I said, I can't deal with you anymore. It's no offense to you. I'm sure you're a very nice person outside of this job. But currently, you don't know what you're doing. And I don't have the patience anymore for people right. that don't know what they're doing. Right. So I said, whatever you have to do with the meat on that sandwich, I'm not looking. So you can scrape it back off the bread and put it back in the tray for all I care. But I'm not going to take the sandwich. I'm not going to pay for the sandwich. Have a great night. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. mean. I just can't handle the service that's out there anymore. Sure. I get now, it. Growing up, when you pay for a service, you expect a certain amount of politeness. You expect just a smidgen of knowledge of what they're doing. And now <laughs> right. it's nothing anymore. Now, maybe because they can't find people to work, so they just hire anybody that walks in. Yeah, well, that is what they're doing right now. And they can't fire them, because if they fire them, then they don't have a replacement. So I just sat there, and I was very polite. I just said, I'm sorry, but I, I don't have the patience for you tonight. Have a great night. Yeah. <laughs> I walked out. And the same thing happened in another gas station where I went to you know try to get propane. Right. She wanted to go take a look, but she said she couldn't leave the store until the guys got back from lunch. And I said, well, exactly how long is it going to be before they're back from lunch? Because I don't want to just stand here in the store. Well, I have no idea. Well, what do you mean you have no idea? You yeah. knew what time they left for lunch. You probably have an idea of how long a lunch break is at your store that you <laughs> yeah. work at. So now you have a general idea of how long it's going to be right. before somebody's back so you can go get this propane for me. Right. Not a clue. That's funny. <laughs> but I, I customer service is just out the window anymore. Yeah, dumb people. <laughs> uh, out here, they fill them up, $20. Exchange only gives you 20 pounds. Exchange only gives you 14 to 16 pounds. And possibly wore a valve. Please look for a place to fill it up. All right. Chris, what happened to your hair? What do you mean? It's right here. Yeah. See, you has got a ponytail. 
I, was, I didn't cut it. I didn't shave it off. It's it's still there. I just, truth be told, I got I was working and I was working till very close to showtime and I didn't have time to clean it up, it out. <laughs> clean it out and fix it out. You know, it looked all I looked all scraggly from working all day. So I just threw a hat on and said, ah, "Screw it, good enough." We have Tony Masashi also coming up later in the show today. Looking forward to that. He's always out eating, having a good time. Yeah, he's out having fun. While yeah. we're sitting here. Yes. Doesn't bring, <laughs> us, doesn't bring us any food. No, of course not. Uh, praying that his internet's working. Yeah. Well, we always have that that um, Russian roulette game to play with Tony, don't we? Will yes, Tony's we internet work? <laughs> but, you know, at least we get something out of it at some point. So I'm yeah. looking forward to talking to Tony. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, I had some people texting me today about the radio station that I used to work on. And how bad things are over there, and I, I just want to put out um, to to poor Bloom Daddy. I, I actually feel bad for for him. Um, from what I'm hearing, yeah, I think that I could be. They, they just fired the wrong guy, is what it comes down to. And I'm not trying to be a dick or anything like that, but they fired the wrong guy. And I, I wish I could go over there and just help him make his show what it actually could be. Um, so I apologize. Yeah, but you're old guard. You're not allowed. I know, I know. I'm probably hated over there and everything mm-hmm. else. But picture of you by the door. Don't let him in. <laughs> Look up air gas. They do fills. I don't have a tank though. I don't have anything. I don't have something to refill. That's the problem. So I need your to get grill. Aid. Didn't come with a tank. No. Oh. Do they usually come with tanks? I don't know. Do Mine they? did. Mine came with a tank. Mine came with a filled tank. No, I have. They didn't come with a tank or anything like that. They came with three extra screws. That's what I know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe you trade those for a tank. I have no idea how to use this thing either. I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, so where's the ignition? Because there's no, I thought most grills that I've seen, there's like an ignition button. Yeah. And there's no ignition button on this thing. And so, so I said, well, where turn, is it? You just turn the gas on and it works. And he goes, well, that's a good question. I was going to ask you. So well, you're the guy that I hired. Yeah, you're the to go grill over guy. Here and put this together. <laughs> so I mean, we can look at the directions together, I guess. But I'm asking you, yeah. where? How do you ignite this thing? And he goes, "Well, I think you do this," and it seemed to be where how you ignite it. So I think that's gonna it's gonna work. Well, you eventually. hope. <laughs> Either that it's gonna be a, a very expensive pile of rubble. That's that right. I live in. <laughs> But it'll look nice in the front, right? Yeah, nice, the, I'm sure the front of the house will be okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, man. So, anyways, some of the stories I want to get into tonight, we talked about one of them earlier on. Um, Cleveland. Yes. Is ranked, according to the big cities in the country, mm-hmm. 182nd. Out of what, like 700? No, out of 182. <laughs> in the best places to raise a family. So it's absolutely the worst. <laughs> it, it is supposedly the worst. There's no city in the country worse than Cleveland to raise no a family. big city in the country worse than Cleveland. Now, I have you know, some dispute over some of the other cities that are, that are on this list. Sure. Because they have like Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, yeah, uh, ranked 
like 14th or something like that as far as one of the best cities to live in. That's Chaz country, isn't it? It is. That's Chaz country where they decided to make their own government and, you know, completely go off the rails. And so, yeah, uh, I dispute that. And they have homeless camps literally everywhere. Sure. I mean, you can't. And I think they have like just like San Francisco is high on their list. They have open air drug areas that you could just go legally shoot up and and fall over on the ground and crap yourself and. Well, they got people just shitting in the street without even yeah. worrying about it, not even having any concern. San Francisco at one point put out a tourist guide, a map of places where people were allowed to go to the bathroom on the streets. Jeez. So you could either, I guess, go watch or avoid those areas. Uh, but those are listed in some of the better areas to live. So that really says something about, about Cleveland. Right. So... Yeah, I yeah I, that that's a mess there. I mean that that is absolutely a mess. That it's I, that that list can't be. I I mean, yeah, and you know how it goes with some of these lists, dude. They put them together solely to get people to react, and that's probably what they're doing here. Because you could tell me a million times that Cleveland's the worst place, and believe me, I'm not. I'm certainly not advocating to go out, go downtown, and have a baby. You know that that's that's insanity <laughs> all by itself. I Cleveland that does suck. I wouldn't. I wouldn't raise a family downtown. That being said, I I, I have a Twitter account, and Lord yeah. knows every day I see nothing but people getting brutalized on the New York City subways, and in the New York City streets. And there's no way you're going to tell me New York City is safer and a better place to raise a family than than downtown Cleveland. No yeah. way. Just no, no chance. Well, we can get into a little bit of that more after the uh, our guest. I want to take a quick break, if that's okay. all right, and then we'll get to uh, Giancarlo. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit about songwriting. Okay. Two minutes, so hang on. It sounds good. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. 
Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. Right back here, the Seth Williams Show, Chris Aiken. And joined right now by our guest, Giancarlo Floridia. Is that correct, sir? Hey, I just got out of the shower, so my mohawk is like really wet. <laughs> so if I look like a wet Italian dog, it is what it is. <laughs> and I'm talking to George Lynch at the same time because we're building uh, some customs for me. So Very so nice. I, See, that's pretty right. badass right there, man. Well, let me see. I'll show you guys. We're going over next. So if George calls, we might have to hear some of the bodies. So if George calls, we'll get him on here. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> well, welcome, go. man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've been wanting to do an interview with Chris. Yes, I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little, not an issue, just, you know, I wanted a... A, a disagreement. It was a disagreement. He didn't like me, and now he likes me. <laughs> I never said, no, wait a minute, dude. You guys had a little bit of an let's, issue, and now let's you can no, explain. It, it wasn't that. It's just, um, you know, I think he heard my band uh, Face Edge for the first time. I was like, what is this? It was like a cross yeah. between Prague, hair metal, me singing like, you know, super high and, uh, you know, and there was, yeah, it was, it's all good. It was look, and I and I and I will it's say right. this. No, no, no. I'll but I, I, I'll, I'll 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 man up and 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 answer to it. I. On the CMS, I am definitely very vocal, and yeah, I am are. very first take. Whatever I hear, boom, that's what comes out of my mouth, and that's what I heard that night. I and you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't drinking. I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but that being said, I'm not going to pull it back either because I really have haven't like gone back to hear what I said. But I remember, and you know. Whatever. The, the bottom line is I give you credit for not just saying, fuck that guy. I never want to deal with him again. <laughs> no, 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 no. We all have we're all entitled to our opinion. I think uh, some of the stuff I even do on albums, I'll be like, this is great. Other ones I'm like I would have done differently. So I'm glad, you know, to be able to work with you and do some interviews with you. Absolutely. And, hang on, George. <laughs> right, this shit. Here's for uh, which one don't you? All right. You guys are gonna help me pick out the neck. All right, let's do that. The birds, I roasted maple. Okay, so we got, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, God, he's got, look at all these guitar necks. All right, we'll put you a full right, screen. There you go. There you are. Oh. All right, George is probably like, what is going on if he logs on? <laughs> so we're going to pick the next. Here's what I'm going to do. Hey, bro. I'm doing <laughs> an online interview. <laughs> can I hit you up in what, like an hour or something? Yeah. All right. Watch. I'm going to take a picture for him. <laughs> Wait, can you put? Yeah, there. Oh, oh, wrong one. So I'm gonna there we go. George, we'll say hi, George. Watch, watch, watch. All right, here we go. Watch this. 
Bro, I'm literally online. We love you, George. <laughs> we just sent him this. Nice. <laughs> and then put a smile. Face. I'm so sorry. Like literally, oh, I've no, cool. been on tour and all that. Right and he was building me. We're doing four models specific for me. Uh, what happened was I do music video production also for Frontiers Records. Sure. The video cracked the sky for the end machine. Uh, I was the uh, production assistant. I'm in the video. I'm the dead guy on the ground. I cut I <laughs> my hair now. And I'm the cult member at the end that gets Jesse Snyder. D. Oh, Snyder's nice. Son in the, uh, you can see my tattoo. Right. The, so during the set, he was showing me this guitar. So I'm like, dude, what is this? He's like, I made these. I'm like, no way. So I'm going to be working with him, uh, playing his, they're uh, called Mr. Scary Guitars. Yeah, from the dojo. Yes, and they're phenomenal. Like uh, in the Leaving It All Behind video, he did the Eddie Van Halen blend. Sure. And um, I fell in love with the Crack the Sky guitar. So we're doing something kind of similar. Okay. And then we're doing some other models for me. And I'm proud to be playing guitars made by my favorite guitar player of all time. There you so, go. <laughs> love Great guy. I just want to say I'm a huge Faith's Edge fan. I love every song that you have out. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I think it's just awesome. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Look, it's, I just think, here's what I think it is, honestly. Sometimes when you hear a new artist, your yeah. ear's not used to it. Like, you know, the first time you drink green tea and your body's like, what is this? <laughs> I think there's a tendency, uh, George, pick between one of these ones. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, pick one. Uh, roasted or non-roasted? Roasted. I like roasted. Sorry, guys. Um. I think maybe sometimes you're like, whoa, what is this? This is different or whatever. I obviously don't suck that bad because <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> hey. my, voice, my voice has its own sound. I mean, the thing I do like about it is it's me. I'm not trying to rip anybody off. I sure. just have sound. And some people like it. I yeah. read a review the other day on Sweet and Lynch um, where they just wouldn't even review the album because they hate uh, Michael's voice. <laughs> they hate Michael's voice. And I'm like, what? How can you hate Michael's voice? He's like my favorite singer. Some people hate him. Some people hate Mark Slaughter. Some people, sure. you know, so some people can hate me. If everybody loves me, I got a problem. Then I know you guys are bullshitting. See, I'll <laughs> tell you this. I One time I uh, I interviewed Getty Lee from Rush. and I That's so a great example. I told him, I was like, dude, man, did anybody ever say you sound like a, a chick? <laughs> and he got really pissed. And Rightfully so, but now as time gone on, I have appreciated his voice a little bit better. I think sometimes you hear stuff and it just is that way, man. It's an acquired taste at times, and I'm sometimes you grow into it. I'm not a Rush fan. I don't yeah. like his voice. That's me. Or there's a lot of newer guys, I won't say their name, that are because some of them are on the label I write right. songs for. But I'm not a fan. To me, it sounds like we already had Ronnie James Dio. We already had David Coverdale. And there's a pattern of new guys like me that are a little bit younger that are coming in that sound just like it's like, dude, it's already been done. Like mm -hmm. there's a, people love them. They're like, oh, this guy's. And I'm like, dude, I'll just go listen to Dio. I'm being a jerk. See, Chris got me going. See, there we go. It's <laughs> not my fault. I, like I won't say anything bad. But, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion. And what it comes down to is how hard are you willing to fight no matter if people love you or hate you to play your music and get the balls to get out there and do it no matter what anybody says That's about right. it. That's right. 
And, yeah. and we won't tell Ronnie Romero or Dino Jalusic what oh, you just said. No, no, no. <laughs> we won't say you that. Said, no, no way. I that. Oh, no. <laughs> Anybody listening? I didn't. Wow. I didn't say that. You said it. Wow, Look, you got a good ear. Well, well <laughs> A, a Ronnie's. Oh, no, a... I said that. Not that I agreed. Holy shit. While you work with Frontiers, I oh. am I oh. am directly tied. I like I've I've had quite a few meetings with Serafino's team and um I have a business with Johnny Gioelli. So oh. so I, I'm well well aware of Frontiers. That's that's why that was an easy pull. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say Chris said it. So. I said it. That's fine. Look, I love oh, I love both. I love right both now. guys. Uh, I'm working with somebody right now that's one of the new guys. I can't announce who it is yet. Okay. Frontiers, I have a thing to not say certain things until they sure, sure, mentioned. Sure. He is phenomenal. He's one of the new guys. We're working on a, a brand new album for next year. Okay. He's the top. He's my number one pick of the new guys. He's he's really good. He's got more. I'm not going to say what he's got going because Chris is going to. Because I'll know. <laughs> we're going to be like, it's this guy. I'm like, so anyways, <laughs> he's my favorite of the new uh, guys, very good, man. Well, dude, dude, let's let's dig into this, man, because this is the both Seth and I. We were talking off the air about how you get into this game, the writing game specifically. And right. I'll tell you honestly, I have told artists that I know in the past that have had problems on the road, and I'll name them. You know, Janie Lane and Donnie V. Two guys, for sure. two guys that intensely talented songwriters, like way more gifted than 99.99 of the people that have written 100 million selling records. But for whatever reason, they, you know, when I would say to, and I, I, there's two interviews with me and Janie on YouTube. You can look them up. Both, yeah. both oh. times I said to Janie, why don't you come off the road and just write? write for people you'll you'll make a fortune with you know the crazy lyrics that you write both times same answer i don't know how to do it i don't know how to get into that game so i'm gonna ask you how do people get into the game bro it's amazing no matter what i do janie lane follows me now i'm actually my story with Janie is I met him in when I was 18 years old. He would play local clubs. It was in like 1998. I was just some kid. Sure. And he kind of would call me on the phone and say, hey, bro, keep it going. Like this was when like the hair bands didn't quite come back. It's like right when Poison was getting together. Right. So Janie become very close friends. Okay. I'd go see his shows. My friends would go see him. He'd let him in. And he became like a little bit of my mentor. He never said, come party with me. I knew there was problems and mm -hmm. I just figured he'd be like Keith Richards and grow old. And sure. I was a kid, but he never once said to me, Hey, do this, do that. Let's get fucked up. So years later, so actually Janie Lane kind of opened up the doors, my story. Okay. What happened was I had face edge. I was doing the fifth album cause I had a deal in Japan with spiritual beast through universal and then Scarlet, which is kind of frontiers competition. Sure. Uh, through E1, and we did well. I had Tim Gaines from Striper on bass, Matt Starr from Ace Frehley's Bound Drums, and Alex DeRosso from Dokken on um, lead guitar. And we were doing well, getting some good press. 
except for your website. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, I was going to do a fifth face edge. I already had a deal. And I was talking to Del Vecchio because he produced the third one. Okay. And talked about maybe moving over to Frontiers if possible. And he said, look, man, you are such a strong songwriter. Why don't you come write with us? Wow. Okay. And I said, a lot of people tell me I should do writing also on the side. So I put together two songs. Um, the first one came to me, strange enough, Janie Lane. I became Janie Lane's, uh, when he passed away, uh, there was an album called Liberty and Justice. Right. With I sang on the final song before he passed away. It's called Broken Bones. Okay. Strange enough, Justin, who did Liberty yeah. and Justice, passed away too. We yeah. were just finishing up an album, him and I. Um, so Janie was the last song. He passed away, and Justin put on Facebook, hey, I'm looking for somebody to help me with the cover. So I actually was responsible for that last song Janie did called Sin, with the roses coming mm -hmm. out with the blood. I did that cover at my college that I had a job for. I had the day off. So Janie was right with me the following day he passed away. Wow. Um I had thought about reaching out to him because I saw him in some of the press, but I had other things going on in my life. And so anyway, so I did that final cover. So right. Janie, like following day, was involved with me right away. Then I became friends with his wife, Kim, Kimberly Nash Lane. Yeah. Her and I had many conversations. It was very hard on her. Uh, she told me the full story of what happened that evening. Right. Uh, I'm getting emotional. Um, and she carried a lot of guilt. She felt that she could have maybe saved him. And um, she carried that with her. So fast forward, maybe a year and a half later it was, I'm starting to work on the stuff for Frontiers. And I go online and read an article. It could have been like Metal Sledge. I'm not on their art often, but somebody posted, sure. she passed away. I was floored. Right, I was right. like, what? And she had kind of disappeared a little bit. We were wondering what was going on with her. I was devastated. So I picked up my guitar and I wrote a, oh, it's all down tune. Anyways, da -da 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 -da. and I wrote a song within 24 hours called The Pain of Goodbye, which is on Clean Breaks debut album with James, James Durbin, Durbin, Robert Sweet, Harry Richardson, Mike Flint. Alessandro's like, oh my God. I wrote all the lyrics. And the song, if you listen to it, if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. It should have been the second single. Why it wasn't, I don't know. It's about their story. It's about me meeting them, Janie finding her, and then they're both gone. And now me dealing with them not being here because I would consider them family. So sure. that song, so Janie is kind of responsible for me getting on Frontiers. Then I wrote a second song. I didn't know it was for Clean Break. I just set the song. Tali Sandro. Mm -hmm. He was blown away by it. So I wrote a second song and they did tell me James Durbin was going to be on it in between working on the two songs. I went into the studio. I was working with somebody and he would produce some of the demos for me. And I said, I want to write a song in the nature of In God We Trust by Striper. That beat that Robert Sweet had was one of my favorites as a kid. So I did a song called No Other Heart that was based around the drum beat, not knowing Robert Sweet was going to be the drummer. <laughs> nice. That's scary. So then they told me, they said, hey, guess who's playing on the album? Robert Sweet. I'm like, whoa. I literally, and I worked on the Clean Break videos. I'm in the video 
with them on the plane playing cards for coming home. Sure. And that's my daughter, Faith, who's in a bunch of Frontiers videos um, as a stewardess. So imagine the craziness of hearing Robert Sweet out of all the drummers in the world is going to be playing on your song that you wrote, not knowing he was right. going to be on it. So Janie kind of set the what's going to happen next, which is I met Michael Sweet because we were having. Can I keep talking? Or you want me to go? No, no, keep going. So what happened was uh, Clean Break was not released yet. We were working on videos and we were working on iconic music videos. So right. my music video work is also a chance for me to network. So Michael Sweet was going to be my responsibility. Enzo at the label, uh, he works through the label and does our videos, said, you are going to get Michael Sweet and Elise. He's very <laughs> Italian. Sorry, Enzo. So I had to clear it up with Michael because me and Tim Gaines did an interview that kind of blew up the striper thing and the fighting. Right. So I'm like, let's fix this. So the first thing I do is I pick up Michael and Lisa. I apologize. I said, look, Mike, I'm, I did the interview with KNAC, which was my interview. And then Kent, and then Tim announces departure from striper in that interview. And Michael and I hit it up. He's like, no problem. He gave me a hug in LAX. Lisa was there. We became almost like best friends immediately. And then we get in the car. And the first thing he says is I'm hearing about this clean break album. Robert's raving about it. I want to hear it. And I'm thinking, here's my favorite singer. He wants <laughs> to hear the song. I had my two songs done. Sure. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm not going to show you. He's like, come on. Lisa Sweet's going, come on, Gian, come on. So I showed them The Pain of Goodbye and No Other Heart, finished. Right. He was just like, oh, my God, we have to work. Like, So Clean Break, those two songs got me the deal with Sweet and Lynch, which developed into Since I Did Good on Sweet and Lynch. I just wrote the new Lynch Mob album. And then Michael's already talked about it. So I, I guess we can discuss. I can't go over the crazy details, but his new album that's coming out this year. Okay. Which is a retro flashback era. He's been talking about it a little bit. So I co-write the those entire records. So those two songs led to then Alessandro saying, look, let's work together more. So it's developing into me working with Alessandro. Uh, he's got a more... Uh, European style, even though I'm European blooded. I, I grew up here in America. My dad came from Italy. Sure. So this voice, hey dude, what's up? Well, it's from living in Southern California. Sure. So well and and you, you know what though? I and I and I'll I, I think it's a great idea for Frontiers or Serafino who are, or whoever's making the the final call. You yes. know, it's a great idea to have somebody else because Let's be honest, Alessandro is way overexposed. I mean, he's every, every, and, and I'm going to tell you up front, I love Alessandro. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him. But a lot of the stuff st sounds like Alessandro. You, and I get every press release, and every press release has his name on it, either playing keys, playing bass, writing songs, doing production. Like, his stamp is so all over pretty much everything that comes out that it is good to have now another another tone another sound added to to diversify the mix a little bit no where's his planet what planet is Chris <laughs> i was gonna I, ask man he's, he's going at you i you i'm know, not look always to ali sandro because he's getting me in okay yeah here's the thing ali uh is a producer. I'm a writer. Like I suck at producing. 
I do think having me in the fold with him, like there's this thing we're doing right now that's amazing. I'm doing it together with him. Okay. Big band from back in the day. Um, and it, Alessandro finally said to me, sent me a thing and said, look, I can use you on this and that and this and that. Because he, he is Italian, but I grew up here. So maybe I get, and I grew up in LA during the MTV era. So I have that more like, and I worked with the Dawkins and the Stripers and the, I work with Juan Crozier from Rat. Okay. Um, so I have that L.A. edge to what I'm doing, which I think would be great for Frontiers of Sound. As you notice on Sweet and Lynch reviews, there hasn't been a lot of talk of this sounds like the stuff you guys have done before. We mm -hmm. really crossed into some boundaries on the record that is not uh, typical Frontiers. So bringing me into the fold without going too crazy – I think is a good idea too, and being a partnership and getting along with everybody um, and showing respect. But the thing about similarities is, for example, Sweet and Lynch, uh, I had to put out conceptually in my mind a half Dawkins, half Striper, half Lynch Mob, half Michael Sweet Solo album and make them both happy. I achieved it, but it, it, it took work. Or Lynch Mob, when I did Lynch Mob, my goal was to get the album as good as the first two albums. I listened right. to the other two. What did the fans want? Hooks. Um, that classic Lynch Mob song, Sound. And I had, I wrote it, George sent me the album, I wrote it in two and a half weeks. And wow. I got it pretty close. I think it's mm -hmm. the best album they've done since the 92 release with Robert Mason. I think it surpasses all the other ones they've done since. Okay. Got a lot of hooks. They're playing a song I did with them called The Sinner Live. Um, which is more of a gospel song. Um, but, you know, it was all done. And I, I, I hit up George and I said, look, I know you're an atheist. I know you are. But, bro, this song is called The Sinner. I just kept hearing, there's no mercy on my soul because I'm a sinner. I kept hearing, sorry, I kept hearing it in my head. And I said, look, can I write this song called The Sinner? He's like, it sounds interesting. You should do it. <laughs> And then I wrote it. Then Gabriel relearned it. They fixed one of the bridges. And then I see him playing on live on Blabbermouth before the album's out. <laughs> so I love George. He's the boss. But I have respect. And the respect is to get the artist at their peak and sure. bring them into today also. Like write lyrics that are from my heart, like uh, After All Is Said and Done or Leaving It All Behind by Sweet and Lynch. That was about me being in a cafe one day and just so much pressure on me and it finally just came off or miracles about Michael Sweet and Lisa from a, a third person like perspective and Michael losing right. his first wife and then meeting her. So it's a lot of work, but I try to keep it in the direction what the fans want. Like Face Edge has its own style, but it's, I want to do my blend with what they already are, not kind of the same thing over and over. Am I making sense? Yeah. So, um, oh, here comes another Giancarlo album. Oh, God. I want it to be more like, hey, you like Desmond Child when he writes with people. It's like, oh, this is going to be good. Mm -hmm. so whenever you see my name on a record, you'll be like, oh, Gian's involved. This is going to be great. And I'm not taking on too many of the albums. Like, I think we're releasing Sweet and Lynch, uh, Lynch Mob, Michael's Thing, another one. So I got six or seven coming up. But that will be in a year's time. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm I, I take time on each one. All right, I so 
I'm kind of stupid when it comes to this kind of thing, so I'm, I'm kind of curious of the inner workings of it. Do you sit down, do you write the music and the lyrics, and then sell the song to the band? How do you get paid for it? I mean, what, what happens with that? Okay, so what happens there, for example, clean break in the can. Guitars, sang it, boom, sent it to Ollie. He made some tweaks to it. Bam, the pain of goodbye is done. No other heart's done. And then uh, Robert and them learn it. And, you know, Ollie will make some tweaks like, ah, this should be two courses. Or my voice, like, uh, no other heart is like, you're the only one. And his voice is like, you're the only one. So to get it right for the artist, me and Ollie kind of compress it. So anyways, that is from the ground up. So I'll get a higher cut in publishing. I work out publishing deals with the artist. Now, Sweden Lynch is different. I was asked to come in. So I work out a deal with Michael George Ale as co-writers and we do contracts. Um, so for example, Sweden Lynch, Michael needed me more for conceptual songwriting, meaning the lyrics. Uh, they didn't know what they were going to do with Heart and Sacrifice because George wanted to do the atheist concept versus the Christianity. And Michael was not going to do it. Right. So uh, I was brought in to kind of balance the darkness and light. And I told George that today. I said, you know, I heard your interview with Eddie Trunk where you discuss. And it's very provoking what George wants to do. So I kind of took George's concept out of respect for him and out of respect for Michael and balanced it. So you have darkness and light and kind of not going too far. You know, so I, that's one thing. So Lynch Mob was like the album is done. Here's all the guitars paint a picture over it. And then I painted the sinner or other songs that they're going to be doing. Um, so I can do whatever you want. If you want me to take a, a song from the ground up, I can write the whole thing. Or if you want to bring me in for lyrics or to help you piece together your parts, if you want me to sing on it and your singer redo it so I can play anything. I can play bass, guitar, drums, acoustic, 12 string, write stuff, write full records. So there's a lot of intense uh, nature that I can do for your artist, or if you just want to bring me in to sit back and yell at you, I can do that. <laughs> nice. This because is I, the eighties, this is, you know. I always think about somebody like Taylor Swift, who's a, a like can't be as smart as a box of rocks, and so somebody's going to be writing all that stuff that she's singing about. And how much does that guy get paid to sit there when she's the one on stage, and there's somebody else that's writing all the stuff she's singing? And so, do a lot of most bands do that, or? How does that work? Is it, like a, is it more of the local stuff they write their own shit, or is it more of the national stuff? I, I, don't, I don't understand how do you get into the writing game like that. Okay, well, for me, it's better than doing Face Edge, because Face Edge, I'm not such an egomaniac where I think I'm a god, okay? So Face Edge was doing fairly well. We were getting a lot of press, mostly from who I was playing with. Like, I had the Striper guy and the Ace Fraley guy, and let's check out this band. And uh, that was kind of the attention we got. But Michael Sweet, George Lynch, uh, you know, these guys all have a built-in fan base for how many years since I was a little boy? So um, it was smarter for me to go with them. Like Clean Break, uh, Crack the Billboard Top 10 twice. Sweet and Lynch is about to. Uh, I saw on Amazon uh, when it came out, out of how many millions of CDs? We're at number 35. Right. So I'm honest with myself. These albums are going to sell well. And much better than what I was doing as a new artist. So I made the decision for now, let's see what happens in the future, to continue to do this because there's already a built-in audience. And when I work out a percentage with whoever it may be, it's better for my, for my life. Sure. Um, <laughs> but if, if I see a lot of people kind of scouting for writers. And I think 
they kind of go, hey, like one of the people I'm working with right now reached out to me. Hey, I heard what you're doing with such and such. And I want to work with you. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Or I get a lot, like, it's really nice. Um, sometimes I have to say no. Uh, I've had to turn down a lot of few things because they have an idea, but they're not signed. So at this point, I've built up a good enough reputation to where I can work with only signed artists. I'll help okay. some people, but if I help you, it's because we're friends or I want to see you, you know, really. Uh, do, you, do you own the song once you write it? Yes. yes. I'll own, so Sweet and Lynch, I won't get over all the details, but I, I can play those live or, or whatever I want. I'm, I, I co-wrote them. I'm this, like if you look on iTunes, ask my name with theirs. So uh, we, we work out percentages and Michael and George are very fair to me and treat me like an equal and we're, we're in, you know, nice. and most people, I'm pretty open about how I work. Like, here's how we're going to do it. If not, I can't be involved, you know, for, for you, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you write to the project, not just having like, I know I've, I've interviewed Alessandro a couple of times and Alessandro has told me he only writes to the project, which I was stunned by because a guy that has 800 published songs, I would think he would be a song mill, you know, that, that has hundreds of things written. And when, when he, when he gets asked to work with somebody, he could go back through and say, well, here's one I didn't use that would fit. Is right. that, which side of that are you? Are you strictly for the artist or do you have other songs that you're just waiting for somebody to pitch it to, to say yeah, this could work with you? It's a good question. Uh, matter of fact, I just wrote a, I just wrote a song that I was going to give to somebody else. I had a concept in my mind of this song and I started it and I ended up using with something with Ollie and I had to tell the other guy this, I'm got to use it. It's coming out next year on frontiers. This is a great concept. So I usually start fresh. I, I believe in terms of songwriting, uh, like a lot of people ask me, what if somebody tries to steal your stuff? I'm like, well, dude, I'll just write a better song. <laughs> I, I don't believe in keeping, I, I, I subconsciously keep ideas and that's as far. Like I got some other songs, but I like starting it fresh. I like uh, getting excited about the project. I like sitting down and say, what do you guys want to do? And then we try to make it the best that they've done or at least get it to, because I work with a lot of classic artists. Um to where it needs to be. I don't want the fans to be disappointed. So um, I don't have a bunch of backup songs. I like starting it fresh. Okay. Like I don't have like uh, a catalog of back songs where Ollie might have that. Cause you know, Ollie, it's different. He works for the, for the label. I'm mm. kind of the new guy coming in and helping out. So I'm more like, all right, let's, let's work together. Or I'll tell them, Hey, um, uh, if they want to work with me, I can sit down with them. And I'm here in L.A. I can just drive to somebody if they want to work with me. Sure. There's a lot of names I can't mention right now that I'm, I'm working with that I would love to. But um, well, next time those, you're on. Those, those, <laughs> you guys will be hearing in the next by Christmas. Very good. Well, let, let me ask you this, man. And, and just because I don't think you answered it when we started this. So obviously, Alessandro wanted to work with you. And, in, and vice versa. Correct. But in the biggest picture, you still got to convince Serafino over at Frontiers. <laughs> and what I don't understand is, is how does a guy that doesn't have home sweet home or don't know what you got till it's gone or pick fly to the angels doesn't have a 
signature song that millions of people know convince a label head that you can write for his artists. Wow. Uh, or is it I, just he liked something you he heard of you? I just built a reputation with Face Edge to be a strong songwriter. Okay. And then when I when like the ultimate warrior, the challenge, <laughs> the challenge came the way of the warrior. You know, when the challenge came to me, I said to myself, if I want to become one of the best in the world, uh, you better start writing like the best in the world. So when something's presented to me, I'm going to make it competitive with your Kip Wingers, with your Desmond Childs, with your Diane Warrens, with Michael Sweet and George Lynch to the level. I know it in my soul when it's like off, like, oh, don't even submit this. Right. You know? um, sometimes I'm wrong about that. I wrote something on Michael's album that he's raving about that. I was like, really? So I just I can kind of feel it when the song is where it needs to be. But if you're a new guy, here's what I would recommend. Because a lot of people do ask me that question. Be honest with yourself. Is this as good as your heroes? Uh, for example, uh, there's a song on Sweet and Lynch called After All Said and Done. It, uh, we needed a ballad for the record. And Michael's like, George has got this blues ballad. And I didn't step back and go, okay, I'm going to just write this ballad in hair metal. I actually went the extra mile. I said, I don't want to sing about my relationship with my father. But I remember Queensryche had a song called Bridge when Bridge. I heard it the first yeah. time. The, so I said, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper than maybe just retro 80s flashbacks. And that song came out amazing. It's the bonus track also. They have a separate version for Japan. But I said to myself, you got to do something that's going to make you stand out a little bit more and go a little bit deeper. Because I love the 80s. It's my favorite era as a kid. Sure. There's a lot of shit from it where it's just like... <laughs> Those lyrics are fucking stupid. So I, I try to step it up a bit. Even sure. like the new Winger album, he wrote some songs like, whoa, Kip's, he's digging hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, remember when Grunge came in and like those bands put out, Warrant put out Dog Eat Dog, Winger put out Pull, et cetera. And they were actually stepping up their game when the Cinderella did Still Climbing. Those albums were very strong. Mm -hmm. They kind of got a kick in the ass and said, we need to pull our shit together. I, I kind of that same way. Like, I really need to pull it together. I'm in my early 40s, so I have a lot of gas left in the tank. I'm younger than most of the guys I work with, which is great for the future. Sure. But I have to step it up like those bands had to do. And I think with my songwriting, when you're writing as a writer, look at your favorite artists. Try to get it to the same level as them. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. So you can reach out to me and we'll do it. $29.95. No, I, I recommend you literally dig inside your chest, take everything out and just put it out there and, and be prepared to be judged and talk crap online. So, so what do you do though? I mean, do you like, how do you write a song? Do you just sit in your living room and, and close the door? Do you turn off the lights and just sit there and think, what do you, how do you come up with something? I mean, Bro. I know I consider it. I, it takes me 10 minutes to figure out a question I'm going to fucking ask you, much less writing a song. So, I mean, that, I mean that's got to be amazing. I hate to say it. I went through a lot growing up as a child, very dark times. So it kind of benefits me now. I have a lot of things going on, you know, uh, lyrically. Uh, I've been on my own for a while. I had a lot of things that happened to me in the music business where I quit the business when I was 20 and came back. So there's a lot of great concepts. Um, 
honestly, I wrote the last song on Sweet and Lynch. It's called World Full of Lies. I got out of the shower. It wouldn't, it wouldn't stop bugging me, and I wrote it in my bath towel. I don't know. It, it, it literally, I was like, ah, I won't break. I won't bleed. I, oh, I'm in my towel. So certain ones, I'll write it. I'll remember. Like, I remember the cafe where I did Leaving It All Behind. I remember when I wrote uh, uh, the, 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 the Miracle that day. Michael threw me the idea. Hey, I got this thing called Miracle. Um, I usually go to my hometown where I grew up, which is Torrance. Um, okay. It reminds me of the MTV era. There's a restaurant there that they let me go sit in the back. And they're like, oh, it's Gian again. And I'm like, if I crack Billboard, I'll get you an award. So I, <laughs> I go out and do it. Lynch Mob, there's a restaurant in Torrance that I drove to at three or four in the morning. Sometimes I would wake up and just gun it. And they're open 24 hours. And I would go in there with my headphones and just start writing. But conceptually, you know, my dad was always a very uh, creative person. He does art and t-shirts and all these things. I think it's genetic. I think a lot of this is genetic, like the vocals and, and ideas and thoughts and visuals. Like when I wrote uh, LA Guns, all those three videos, I wrote that. Uh, the last video, Diamonds, My Daughter. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but that's my it. daughter. And that's okay. that story's about me. I thought that was Tracy Guns' daughter. No, no, that's my daughter Faith. She's also in Get Along, with Jesse Snyder playing her dad. Okay, also in Shattered Glass. So I wrote those stories. If you notice, she's going around writing ideas. That song, that story is actually about me writing songs for Frontiers and Get Along. Same thing. I wrote the whole story, and uh, they loved it. And they used my. She's like the LA Guns girl. Yeah, that's nice. my daughter Faith, and she's oh. in Black Swan, Generation Mind. Right. And, um. So much she's in clean break and some other stuff. She's getting a lot of gigs. Right. Well, that's great, man. Dude, I, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what I think anyway for for writing. And, and I have the same thing as you do, but I don't write songs. I write books. You know, I got oh, books. Yeah. I got books upon books that I've written six books in the last 10 years. You know, I mean, I, I write. I write a lot of books. I think what it is, is if you are good at communicating. And and you're not intimidated by the medium that you do it in. Like, I tell pretty good stories, so I can do this. I can tell them in a book. I, I've got a couple songs that I've written and sang, and and I'll, I, I need to send them to you just so you can criticize my horrible voice. But <laughs> Oh, I will. I will send them to you. They're on YouTube, but, but I will send them to you. But I, I do think that that is a big part of the gift, is that if you're good at communicating – then you can then you can do it in any medium. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know you have six books. You're kind of putting yourself on the line out there. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really separates whether that's in songwriting or a book. Um, I went honestly. I'll tell you guys the truth. I was. I think Face Edge wasn't breaking through because of some of the outlook of myself. It was doing good, but mentally, I was like being safe. I made a decision about two and a half years ago. I actually saw a therapist. I'm like, I need to talk to somebody about this <laughs> right. because I'm having success. What is wrong? And being positive and believing in yourself is huge. Once I kind of took down the walls from the past and ways I grew up that I won't get into, I was able to succeed more. But that takes putting yourself out there more. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're talking about Janie. And I remember when Janie was alive, I would read articles, including from his band members or ex-wives or whatever, talking shit on him, calling him bug eyes or, 
you know, websites making fun of him. That hurt him, man. Mm -hmm. They all love him. And we love you, Janie. And what a great songwriter. You do take a beating as a lead singer. You have to be open to it. So art. And I think a lot of people are afraid to step over, which it's, I understand it. It's hard. Do you think I like going online and reading an article where they hate me yeah. and I'm busting my ass? I, it hurts, mm. but you have to take the good from it. I have people that email me, Hey, you helped me with my cancer because I would listen to face. Sure. Or, or um, among other things I've gotten. So it's hard, man, to put yourself out there. And I made a decision two years ago that this is what I have to do. Sweet and Lynch, track two, where I have to go and what I have to do. That's what it's about. And um, there won't be any stopping me anytime soon. But I had to make a commitment that I'm going to go through it no matter what. No matter what anybody says, hates me, wants me dead. I'm going to do this to help others. And I think once you make a decision mentally that you're going to connect with helping others, it makes it easier to take the hits when people don't like you. So mm -hmm. with your books, hey, if you touch 10 people, uh, huh. That's better than doing nothing with your yeah. life. And oh, yeah. We'll do it on a big scale now. So I'm really happy with it. Absolutely, man. Sorry, my whole house died. <laughs> Everything around me just went out. And I was like, what the hell do I do? Uh, I was like, he's over this interview already. Fuck this. <laughs> Chris offended me too. I'm out. Did I talk that much? <laughs> no, you've been fantastic. What's the rock scene like out in like uh, LA and stuff? Is it horrible. still kicking out there? Horrible. Or is it horrible, 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 horrible. Why do you think I'm working with everybody from Europe? If it were <laughs> up to me, I would get a band together with me singing, go destroy the Sunset Strip, who only you guys do is play covers over and over and mm -hmm. over. Okay, so I'm helping like a, a band of younger guys and stuff like that right now with some songs. They're great cats. Um, that I'll get involved with, but I go down there a lot and it's just the same garbage. So um, it's horrible, bro. I would have my own band doing it and then do the writing. Uh, there's no A&R guys coming. Like I almost got signed with Sony. My story was Sony almost picked me up when I was 20 with John Kolodner's A&R. Okay. So they had Portrait Records. They released Great White. They released Rat. Rat. It's a band called Union Underground, Mars Electric, and my band Shattered was going to be the other. And it crumbled. So right. back then, and then I quit the music because I took my kids and went out of state. I won't get into the reasons why, but during that period, I came back thinking the scene was still intact and illegal downloading. Like the guys I knew that worked at Sony, I'm still friends with them. One is John Weakland. He's on my Facebook. He uh, was one of the hot shots at Columbia. He lives back in Ohio. And the other was a guy named Rod Kukla. Uh, he was Kalodner's guy. He's up in San Diego. He works at a label now in Europe. But the point is they're not coming to the shows, these A&R reps to see any new artists. Mm -mm. So I made a decision to go, okay, well, how do I keep it going? So I reached out to more of the successful European artists, Japan, labels, frontiers. And, you know, my goal was to come home. I left California and said to myself, if it's meant to be in the cards, it will be meant to be in the cards. And what happened is I heard an album called Starbreaker with Tony Harnell. Tony Harnell's record, yeah. That debut album changed my life. I said, wow, he's mixing progressive, hair metal, metal today all together. And I want to work with Frontiers. I got signed with Scarlet first, but it developed into me working with Frontiers. It was just in the cards. But that album was the producer was Fabrizio Grassi, who produced the first Face Edge albums and got me signed. So, um, yeah, the, the, there's us guys here, but not many. It's 
if I knew more riders, I would work with them. So I'm just going to take it and save rock and roll on my own. <laughs> nice. We all don't want to rock. I'm ready. You That's know? right. Well, and, and you know what, man, you, you bring up such a good point. The European market still respects the, the art. You know, that's why even even newer bands like in like the power metal scene are big over there. We'll we'll play seven, eight, nine o'clock at Vakken Festival. They'll right. play in front of a hundred thousand people, even but here they'll play in front of two hundred people. It's 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 absolutely sad. But I think it's because like you said, there's no A and R here. A and R here now means going to somebody's Instagram and seeing how many hundreds of thousands of fans they have. And if they have the right number, then they'll make them a deal that is completely against the band and completely for the label. Here, we'll, we'll give you 10 grand. That, that has to cover recording, uh, four videos, and, um, you know. Why does he know all this again? Dude, I, I'm entrenched in this stuff. I'm, I, I definitely am involved in the business. But it's it's sad because the fact that there's no a and r the fact that there's no development we've lost i i say this all the time we've lost so many bands because they didn't get the four albums like journey did to find their footing dance or Queensryche or chicago or i'm talking pick the biggest bands in the world all of them had some kind of mediocre couple of albums you know you too First two U2 records didn't really sell. It wasn't until the Sunday Bloody Sunday video that everybody all of a sudden went back and checked out Boy and those records. Kiss, man. Kiss. Kiss yeah, Kiss had. Yeah. I mean, we gave a shit. Yeah. And For, then four albums later, you know? Yeah. And and I think, you know, and, and I, I don't know this to be true, but from being in the industry, it's when I saw it firsthand. I think it changed around the time that Linkin Park came around. Because Linkin Park exploded fast, super fast. And I think that record went diamond. It sold like 10 million. Wow. So then the, the labels all thought, well, why are we spending all this money and years developing when we can put stuff together that sounds like this? And then you had, and then if you go all across the different genres, I don't even want to point to only metal, but right. if you go to boy bands, all of those bands were, piece milled together yeah. on based on a look and based on all the i mean if you could tell in 1997 if you could tell the difference between backstreet boys 98 degrees and in sync i would have given you a hundred dollars because they all sounded the same but and they all looked the same and it, it was the same on all genres look at look at how they piecemealed hansen together you know, they just found three kids that sounded okay. They had somebody write them a bunch of songs. Boom. My, okay, here's according to Giancarlo Floridia's work okay. with the music industry. <laughs> sure. Okay? I remember being 12 years old in 1992, living in mm -hmm. I would go into Pizza Hut every week when it was nice. Remember when it was like right. good? <laughs> and they had, at the back of the Pizza Hut, they would have MTV every sure. they play it. I remember walking in there and I saw, it was like 92, somewhere around there. And they had Firehouse, When I Look Into Your Eyes. It was blowing up. And then all of a sudden, Nirvana was on next. Right. Whatever. It was something like one of the Firehouse songs, and then Nirvana came off. I remember within a year, it was over. Like, Oh, yeah. You liked any of the bands, even Motley. If I wore a Motley or a Kiss shirt to school, which I did, <laughs> 
fuck grunge. Um, that's one thing you will not get from Giancarlo Florida, a grunge album. Hallelujah. I saw, okay, here's what I saw as a kid. These guys were making millions of dollars. They were rock stars. They had charisma to, I'm going to stir at the, I didn't know what depression was. I was an eighties kid. I was like, let's, let's <laughs> yeah, party. party. Let's My parents were, my dad drove a Ferrari. He thought he was a rock star. My mom was <laughs> wild and crazy. I loved it. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'll hate myself. I want to, I'm like, what is depression? I would ask people. And it was like, I remember we moved out of Torrance in 92. The energy to this horrible city I still hate. Everything shifted in my life, like depression and things I didn't know existed. So I think Nirvana was the start. I don't care if people, fuck, fuck you if you don't like what I say because you don't buy my albums anyways if you don't like what I'm doing. Nirvana was the beginning of the end. No more guitar solos. No more being a rock star. No more arena rock shows. It was like, ugh, staring at the floor. I hated it. I hated grunge. I would wear all these 80s metal shirts to school. That started it and illegal downloading killed it because, okay, it's like owning a restaurant. We're going to relate it to an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Say I'm in the back cooking all day, right? I'm right. Pasta, and then I bring it out and people go, thank you, see ya. And they take out. They just, what's going to happen to your business? If yeah, everybody, done. It's going to go under. That's kind of what happened in the music where the labels don't have as much money because people just, they want to either get it for free. I remember with Face Edge, my... My son's friends are like, oh, we got all your albums. I'm like, oh, cool. We took it from this website. I'm like, thanks. Right, thank you. The industry and the <laughs> failure. The government doesn't got any time to deal with this bullshit with right. us. They don't. They got wars and fucking whatever to deal with. So us allowing like everybody hated Lars at the time. What a dick. What a douchebag. It was right. If they would have right. up yeah. to it, you would have had a new Guns N' Roses. You would have had a new Metallica. You would have had it. When's been the last band like that? Even with Face Edge, if I would have had more money to put behind us, I think we would have broke harder. So I just said, fuck it. The labels are signing all the old school guys because they have guaranteed sales. Mm -hmm. Michael Smith is going to sell. George Lynch, a new Lynch mob, is a guaranteed sale. So mm -hmm. I'll just be involved with that. It, it, I, I face reality as a new artist, guys. It's just I would love to go out in L.A. and – and wipe out Sunset Strip and show them who's in charge. But there's just no <laughs> show all those glam guys that you can <laughs> mohawk your hair and beat you into the ground. Italian style. No, it's just there's not that market because they don't have the money. Money revolved and I think motivated the bands to write better songs. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're gonna get a check for a million bucks, you're gonna write a goddamn good song, right? Yeah. Or now it's like I won't name names, but sometimes I feel when I work with artists, it's kind of like am I doing this still? I can just go out and play the old hits and get paid more. Yeah. So, but I feel that grunge started the change and then illegal downloading destroyed it. That's uh, so, what I'm not all knowing, but right. that's Carlos version of it. So we got, we got to wrap it up, unfortunately, but I want to ask you, except for Chris, where can people find face edge music if they want to listen to it? Because Chris obviously is not going to go back and he's going to he's going to have a revelation. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's going to say Giancarlo's my favorite singer. Uh, just Google Face Edge. I mean, the cool thing about the Face Edge name was it was the only one. It was, right. I got the name from Queen's Reich and Sp my daughter's name is Faith S. Edge. And there's a oh, I can't say it now, but there's a van. I'm work a, a project I'm working on that's going to have a similar name coming out that I worked with somebody from the 80s. Anyway, so just Google Face Edge. Uh, Walmart carries my discography, Amazon, Target has some of the stuff. So I did build something with it. Cool. 
That's yeah. awesome. Well, you got to keep in touch with us, and you know, especially me. Maybe not Chris, but I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, Chris and I are fine. You know, we're shit. Good. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like planning with a bat to beat him at Nam. Fight his ear off. Well, we appreciate coming on, man. That was I awesome. I appreciate you having me. Let's Thank do. You. you know, Chris and I actually will probably do some more stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. And man, I I got to be more prepared though because. Chris is, he's a very, I, I knew you were very involved and you guys do well, but Chris knows some, he knows the shit. Seen stuff that I'm like, I know I, more than I'm supposed to, man. You, you do, dude. Well, dude, I, you know, you a, a lot of the people that you mentioned, I've worked with professionally. I, you know, and you don't know this, but I sequenced two of Don Dawkins records. The, what? I sequenced Who? them, you know, Dawkins. Right. I don't know who that is. I know who George Lynch is and yeah. <laughs> well, the other I, dude, I don't know, man. I, I know, know I know George. I, I've I've known George for a bunch of years. If you tell George my name, he'll tell you that he knows me. Awesome. I, I know George. I know Michael Sweet. I know everybody at Frontiers. I've I've sat in many a meeting with the uh creative team and <laughs> <laughs> don't get me in trouble, bro. No, There's no, 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 no. I, de I deal with Alessandro, Serafino, and yeah. Mario, and Elio, all those guys. They're Enzo all great. With them. The guy Enzo, because thank sure. God I don't speak Italian. My parents. <laughs> I deal with Ali directly. Uh, I know Serafino's on my Facebook. Hi, Serafino. I love you. <laughs> I see him kind of look at. Uh, anyways, we'll leave it alone. But I don't talk to them. I deal directly yeah. with Ovecchio. That's awesome. So all right, it, man. Well, we will do this again, man, because this yep. is a lot of fun. Thank you, brother. You guys have a great one. Thanks for having me on. Thank All right, you, brother. Man. Take care, man. Bye. Bye. Uh, Giancarlo Floridia. Nice guy, man. Cool. He's that great. Good stuff. Great. That was a good I, interview. Yeah, I could sit and talk to him for the rest of the yeah. show. But I'm going to uh, send him my books and see if he wants to write a song about my my damn books. Yeah. Or yeah, I'd like to. I want to hear some of the stuff he's writing. I want to hear some of the new shit. So. All right. Well, we could do that too. Got to make sure we get some of that. Um, we got Tony Masashu coming up. Okay. It's a non-stop Italian show today. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, hang on. We'll be back in about two minutes. Hang on. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's Flag serve you. 
800-242-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. I want to thank uh, Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood for having Giancarlo Florida on today. That's Charlie's Auto Repair Hotline. So thank you, Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood. And back to the hotline. Uh, we go to we're, we're spinning the wheel here. See if it works. <laughs> Tony Masaccio. Seth, Chris, how are you guys? Good. good. How are you? Can you hear me? I think I have a good internet on this patio. You yes. sound good. Where are you at? We are at Cooper's Hawk. I am located off of Harvard Road, off of 271, across from Pinecrest which we've been at Pinstripes before. We've been at Condado. This place is really cool. They have over 54 locations across the country. And they started in the basement in 2005. The guy started making wine like most Italians did, just like in Little Italy, like my dad did in the 1930s. And here he established a restaurant that has over, listen to this, eight hundred thousand members at twenty dollars a month do the math as trivia used to say well they, uh, the so salad looks member, really good so let me let me describe this what the, that consists of is a membership it's a twenty dollar a month membership and you can go pick out a bottle of wine whether it be white whether it be red whether it be a bordeaux so once a month, they email you and say that your wine is ready. It comes off of your MasterCard and your Visa. And, of course, you can grab the bottle of wine, take it home, or you can have the bottle of wine right here for dinner, which is real cool. Nice. So this, this I have in front of me is a chicken wrap, salmon on rice, drunken shrimp. I've had a few, as you can see. I've had a few <laughs> drinks also, as you will see and, and hear me. And, of course, Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. They just don't love me. <laughs> I've never had one. I have to say, I've never had a, a Brussels sprout ever. You, you've never had And look at this. The food just keeps on coming. Welcome to Tony. Wow. This is like the little, um, it's actually just a feta cheese salad. This is just a standard dinner salad. Is this crazy? Wow. Look at the size of the salad. Yeah, it's huge. So I'm going to have you say hello to a couple of people here. So whenever I come to a restaurant, of course, Breeze, Breezy. Nice. <laughs> she's a bartender and friend. She's at Pinstripes. Um, so again, no matter where I go, I always find friends. 
And of course, I introduce myself. Nobody's a, everybody's a stranger until they meet me, right? That's right. So, guys, um, this is really a cool place. As I said, what's neat about it is they have the outdoor patio here, which they've opened up. And of course, the thing about the patio right now, and I talked to the guys at Flower, which we were there a couple months ago. The unfortunate part about eating outdoors is there's not enough space and everyone wants to eat outside. Wow. Cool that, patio. Looks, that looks really nice, though. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. patio. So, Seth, you've never had Brussels sprouts before. I have never had a Brussels sprout. What does it taste like? So, it's a little, it's like a little bitter. Um, it's kind of like a cauliflower, but green. You know what? I got to make them for you. I have never had cauliflower either. So. You've never had cauliflower. What? You've never had cauliflower. Can I say uh, I, F? Can I say the F word on Yes, that? absolutely. Who the fuck are you? What the hell? <laughs> Actually, of everything you have on that table, I've had the shrimp. That's all I've ever had. Come on! Oh, I've never tried feta cheese. I've never tried. I, you know, I, I said the F word and everybody turned around. They don't know who I am now. They do. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, guy. He's, he's, he's but, offended. I'm yeah, sorry. I've never I'm had sorry. salmon. I've never had feta cheese. I've never had the dark lettuce. I always eat iceberg. I've had shrimp. Everything that's on the table, I haven't tried except for shrimp. I've had that. What do you do? Okay. Eat out of a vending Wait. machine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have one in my living room. You, you, you've had salmon, though, right? No, no, I never had salmon. You've never had salmon. I've right, never had fish what? that wasn't breaded. Like McDonald's fish? Yeah. Oh, stop. Or oh Gordon's God. fisherman, you know, like... Wait you know a minute, Tony showing some legitimate food, and you're talking about a fillet of fish at McDonald's. Because I've never tried that. So I've never even tried that. Like, That's are right. those cherry tomatoes? I've never had one of those. Yeah. Those, those are cherry tomatoes. I've that never had a cherry tomato. And green beans. All right, I've had a green bean. Okay. <laughs> what haven't you had? What have you had? Yeah. Well, you, you've never. Wait, you just had a tomato until up until recently, right? Right, and then like a pineapple, I didn't try until Triv made me try one. Okay. So yeah, so, I don't know what else is on there. It looks like rice. I've had rice. Okay. So literally, your entire life, you've eaten fast food, and I've been eating gourmet food for the last ten years on the air, thanks to Trivasano. <laughs> well, for the record, though, I did have a heart scan when I had my leg taken off, and it was okay. So. Correct. So but, let me ask you a question. When I took you to Cowan Hubbard, and that was yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't remember. what it, That was a wonderful restaurant. It was. So by the way, we go to Cowan Hubbard, and it's it's a very nice restaurant. Zach Rule used to own it. He's on 13th in Euclid. Fine dining. Triv comes in, and again, it's Triv, with a flowered Hawaiian shirt yeah. and a pair and a pair. And a pair of sweats yes. with zip with the zipper on them that his wife sewn on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and it was, it was fantastic. We were all sitting together. It was myself, my wife, Tony was there, uh little John was there with his wife. Yeah, it was fine. Yes. And, and Triv. And I remember walking outside and you know, Triv just walks right. I asked him, I said, Should I wear a tie or anything? He said, No. And so Triv shows up in sweatpants. We go outside to, to smoke a cigarette. A homeless guy comes up to him with a shopping cart and says, Trip, man, I listen to you all the time. I'm like, a homeless guy? You don't even yeah. have a radio. How do you listen to Trip? <laughs> but he listens yes, to him. Yes. True but it was story. a hell of a meal. It was a great party? meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Trip orders a steak. I'll never forget this. And they were known for their steaks. 
It was actually like an Asian fusion restaurant. Yeah. Because most of Zach Grohl's restaurants were. So they had like sushi and steak and pasta and different seafoods and pork chops. He ordered a steak, and I'll never forget this. He told the server, he said, I ordered a steak, not the cow. It was a 24 ounce steak that laid over the entire plate. And we were cutting it at Chris. It was hysterical. <laughs> so anyways, fast forward, and that was one of my window cleaning customers, which said, we've done a lot of window cleaning for all these restaurants. Unfortunately, the pandemic occurred, and I lost a lot of them. But I did a little, little, we'd still do a lot of barter with them. The bill was $600. Wasn't that crazy? Wow. But it was good. It was all on a card. Welcome to fine dining, because $100 is nothing anymore when right. you go out to eat. That is yeah. true, man. True. And yeah. that's so, at McDonald's. Yeah, and that's at McDonald's. Good point. You're right. You know, what's a happy meal now? It's not it's unhappy by the time yeah, you it's very unhappy by the time you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so Seth, you know what? I gotta heighten your horizons here, as yeah. they say, and you got you gotta go out to eat. And you yeah, gotta I, try I gotta... like this. I have a table full of food in front of me no matter where we go. We gotta figure this out and you're just gonna Pick on a few things that you are gonna love because you don't know it until you try it. That's true because I mean, there's so it looks really good on the plate, but when I have it in front of me, I, I get a little nervous. Yes. Well, guess what? You got to taste it. It was like you were a kid. You remember? And mom put something in front of you. Yeah, he didn't need it, Tony. It. He didn't, need he didn't it. try it at all. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't have it. <laughs> And, and Seth, I'm 159 pounds soaking wet naked with the rock in my hand, and I talk about food <laughs> twice a week. And look at you. I don't know, I know how you got as big as you did. I know. <laughs> Too funny. Well, so, that place looks amazing, man. It looks like yeah, it. So, again, it's Cooper's Hot Fair located on Harvard off of 271, right across the street, Caddy Corner from Whole Foods. Pinecrest is right across Harvard Avenue, and again, there's a lot of restaurants in this area, which we will be talking about real soon throughout awesome. that whole Pinstripes area, because guess what? For the next 9 to 10 to 12 weeks, I'm going to be on a patio. That's so awesome. let, me leave, let me leave you with this. I just read this on the internet, so it has to be true. This guy got rewarded over $800,000 for a surgery that went bad. They removed his wrong testicle. So he got a check for $800,000, received this huge check, and he had a ball. <laughs> Tony Sancho reporting live at Cooper's Hawk. Everybody can, knows Tony. Where can people hear you on Saturdays? You can hear me every Saturday morning on Flashpoint 1490 WERE between 10 o'clock and 11. So this July, I will be on the air for eight years Thanks to Mike Trinasano, I was on his show for a year and a half. Ed Flash Ferentz heard me, met him at a Christmas party at Corleone's, which I've told the story many times. And now in July, I'll be on the air for eight years, guys. Wow. 350 restaurants I have visited throughout Northeastern Ohio. So again, everybody knows Tony because I've been to all these places. Well, you have a great camera operator operator today. Fantastic I, stuff. Perfect, and... yes. I appreciate so, everything, Tony. Guys, I will see you um, next week. Hey, one more thing. You guys were talking about rock and roll. I don't know if you read this or not. About Tom Petty, he had all of these clothes that were stolen, and they were going to be auctioned off. 
the family is suing the auctioneer because they're they're his clothes and they're they were stolen they were, clothes. I did. They see were stolen. That, yeah. Did you read that, Chris? I Isn't did. That crazy. Yeah. So now they're going to create a new song, new trousers <laughs> to paradise. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. I'll Bye. see you. Talk to you. Bye. Yeah. See you, Tony. <laughs> oh man, boy, I can't believe you haven't eaten anything. You, you don't know. I, I mean, I'm very uh, limited over the past bunch of years in the food that I would eat. Um, That's what I'm saying. You probably ate out of the vending machine. Because hey, give me, I give me a pack of cookies. <laughs> well, again, I, for the past twenty four years of my life, it's just been very routine. Very routine of sure. Well, what time I go to bed? What time I get up? Everything's routine, 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 and eating even, even became routine. Sure. And so you know it would be the same three or four restaurants, the same food that I would get there all the time. I would never even try new stuff on the menus that I would the places I would go wow. to. It'd wow. be the same meal because i knew that i liked it and that's what i would go with and that's you know, i'm crazy. not a whole lot different still like i i love subway okay and they have so many options of different things there different subs i get the same one i haven't gotten a different sub in the year that i've been out of the hospital <laughs> and i've gone to subway so many times in the year that i've been out of the hospital i've not gotten a different sub other than right. uh, the oven roasted turkey Jeez, oh man, are you kidding? <laughs> I can't even go to the same restaurant and order the same food twice. Oh man, it's, even it's fast really... food, even fast food. Like I don't have like a favorite fast food. Like if I went to even like McDonald's, I might get a quarter pounder one day and a Big Mac the next time and a chicken sandwich the next time. No, it's all it's all whatever I, I like is what I get, and it never changes. That's wow. It's very... I, don't know. I was always adventurous, you know, especially when when I was in when I was in the military, especially when I got to Korea. Yeah. And then I was I was bodyguarding for this general that was retiring. And we went all over the world. I mean, we were just constantly we were constantly traveling places wherever we went. That's what I was eating, whatever they you know, and it used to drive me crazy because I would like even in Korea, they had like a Burger King, a big Burger King that yeah. was there. And we'd be out partying at night, and then all my friends at like two in the morning would be like, "Let's go to Burger King." I was like, "That is the last place I'm going." You know, let's go over here and get some kegogi or bulgogi or yeah, yeah. some See, ramen, some specialized something. Some Gunner, Gunner, Gunner's right. I am a creature of habit. I but guess like, so. Like Chinese, mm-hmm. I love Chinese food. Love it. Yeah, but and. You know, you're going to say that I'm lying, but I'm not. Honest to God, truth. Whatever I get, usually it's chicken and mushrooms because that's really the only thing that I okay. thoroughly enjoy there. I mean, I used to like the general sows, whatever. General chows, chicken. Fried, whatever right. it is. But so it's chicken and mushrooms. But any Chinese food that I order is without vegetables. So all the extra bullshit that they put in there, all the pea pods and spring this and carrots and all that crap, I, I say no vegetables. And, and so it's sometimes difficult to communicate yeah. to the owners or the people that pick up the phone at the Chinese restaurants that I want no vegetables. Extra chicken and vegetable, mushrooms. got it. <laughs> yeah, chicken and <laughs> mushrooms, that's it. Yeah. Just the chicken, just the mushrooms. Yeah. Wow. And then if I get it, because half the time they don't understand a damn thing I'm saying. And so I get it home, and they messed it up. 
So then, as you know, I talked about it the other day. I watched Judge Judy while I eat. I can't. Right. I have that paused because now I have to get a fork and pick out every vegetable that's in <laughs> the thing. I won't. I won't even attempt it. I mean, there are certain vegetables I'll eat. Corn, I like. I've had green beans in the past. Um, but yeah, I will literally sit there and pick through the entire thing of Chinese food to get the vegetables out <laughs> and push them off to the side before I'll eat my meal. That is hilarious. Why did you want a grill? Well, because I like chicken. I can cook chicken on a grill. So you're only going to cook chicken? <laughs> well, I again, I haven't had burgers in years, but I'm going to try to. I'll maybe make a burger or two on the grill. Maybe a, you know something. But <laughs> uh, you eat the hot peppers. Oh yeah, absolutely kimchi. And I'm here sowing seeds. <laughs> yeah, I tried everything over there. I didn't care. I was. You know, funny, I'll tell you a funny story. So we used to go up, the town that we used to party in, it was right off the base called Itaewon. And exactly where we would party was this little strip. It was maybe a half mile long at the most. It was up a hill, and it had a four-way cross in the middle of it. And it was called Hooker Hill for obvious reasons. Nice. And um, and That I've tried. That I've tried. Oh, my God. My God, if I could have that much money back, I'd be retired. <laughs> All the hookers I was banging, that's for sure. But um, but we one of the things that you would do when you walked up Hooker Hill, like it was nothing but clubs all the way up and little little kind of grills that were like out, outdoor, almost hibachi-like, almost. Yeah. But it was just kind of you'd sit and there'd, there'd be like two stools and you'd order whatever they would order. So we used to go, me and my ex, we used to go all the time. And there was one that just had these great, it was meat on a stick and it was called monkey meat. And you would order, you'd uh, give me two sticks of monkey meat and you'd order the monkey meat. So at some point my ex says to me after like, you know, dating for two or three months, she's like, what is this monkey meat? What is this? Is it like beef or what? I was like, no, it's monkey. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's monkey. And it was. It was. Ah. But, I, but I was always, I, I knew. I was willing. I didn't care. It tastes good? It was great. Huh. Dude, I tried all that. That's K-Gogi was dog. I ate that. Oh, I ate that like it was going out of style. Wow. I, I, you, you had to know the right places to go because if you ordered it in the wrong place, they would get offended because they were trying to be more modern and they right. just knew that the, you know, the non-third world countries did not serve dog. But yeah, there was a lot of times I'd go to the, I would be into the restaurant. I'd be like, Kegogi Hana Juseyo Adashi, one Kegogi right here. And he would put, and they'd bring it over and, and they would just smile because I was like the one American that would do it. You know, wow. nobody else was well, but I, I'm, I'm adventurous like that. I'll, if you, whatever country I was in, I tried their food. Yeah, Always. You can, you can look up on YouTube, um, like, Seth WTM eats pineapple or something like that. Yeah. And there's an actual video of me trying a pineapple for the first time. I was sitting next to Triv. Right. And it was at one of the Coach for Kids events. And, you know, I tried it, and there's a video, though, of me <laughs> eating this thing. And you know, I was terrified. And it, it was an experience. But I, there's a lot of stuff like that. I never tried an actual tomato. And Triv always gave me shit because I would get, I eat ketchup, I eat 
spaghetti sauce. Sure. But I don't eat chunky spaghetti sauce. Like if I get see a chunk of tomato in a spaghetti sauce, I push it off to the side. Okay. And so there's just things like that that I I won't eat. I won't eat. I won't eat lettuce that looks like leaves. Like if it's that dark green stuff, I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> um, Why? Have you tried it and don't like it, or you're no, afraid? I, I've, it won't no, I've taste never good. tried it. It looks. I don't eat stuff that came off of the ground of a forest. That's not what I want to eat. Do you eat uh, lettuce? Iceberg only. Where does that come from? A tree? Well, it's better than... <laughs> like, Triple always used to say, like, they pee on the lettuce when they're picking it from the fields or whatever. I said, but I unwrap the outer layers of the lettuce of the iceberg. Uh, no onions or peppers. I'll, I'll be honest. I had, for the first time... Maybe just before I went to the hospital, actually, before I got sick, I started to actually like the McDonald's diced onions that were on top of the cheeseburgers. But other than that, I've never had grilled onions. And I've never had like a red onion. I, I no, I don't never know. Peppers, again, always push them off to the side. I get an Italian sausage, peppers off to the side. Hot sauce? Like salsa? No, like hot sauce. Hot sauce, I don't mind. I don't eat eat a lot of salsa. Like if I go to a Mexican restaurant and I have like a chip and they give you the free salsa on the side, Mm -hmm. I smash the chip down so I get the juice from the the salsa, but I'm not eating the innards of the salsa, like the the chunks (laughs) of tomatoes and whatever else. is. I don't even know what's in a salsa. It's just tomatoes and different, you know. No, I'll literally put the... uh, the chip down so the juice from the salsa goes onto the chip and then but make sure that there's no chunks of anything that's actually on it dude i'm gonna take you to dinner just just because every time i go it won't cost me nothing no man i'm a cheap date i was gonna say i'd say everybody else it cost me 30 to 50 bucks a plate you would be like eight so eight for a children's burger a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something like i always used to get shit because you know i would tell people i had a salad for dinner last night and, you know, because my wife and I would make salads at home. Mm-hmm. And so what consists of a salad for me uh, is iceberg lettuce, usually like a grilled chicken. Okay. Or any kind of chicken, really. Fried chicken, grilled chicken, whatever. Half a bag of, like, shredded cheese, bacon bits, croutons, and, like, Ranch dressing all over the place. So the world's most unhealthy salad yeah, it's ever. it's the worst salad <laughs> that you could possibly make for yourself. And then was... I would try to say, well, at least I used light ranch dressing. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it was like the entire bottle of it. So <laughs> you, you, there was no nutritional value to the salad that I would make. I, they had a, like a little restaurant at, at the bottom of the, re- of the uh, building at the radio station. Yeah. yeah. It was a little cafe that all the floors could go to, whatever. But they had a salad buffet, like a salad bar. And I would every day go down there, and I would get that. I would get iceberg lettuce. And you would see me, my dumbass, sitting at the lettuce, whatever it's called, lettuce tray. Right. Picking out all the dark lettuce with the tongs, pushing it off to the side. Oh my God. So I could only get the iceberg lettuce. <laughs> and then it would be cheese. I'd be pissed if they didn't have the bacon. And then usually, like, maybe some... Like, they had chicken slices I could put on there. And then 
I'd walk away with three packets of the ranch dressing. And so that would be it. I'm guessing breakfast, you only eat like cereal or something because there's nowhere you eating eggs Look, that could I, potentially not be cooked the way you want them. No, eggs I'll eat over easy or sunny side up. I've never had scrambled eggs. No. I have okay. never had So if eggs. somebody screws it up and scrambles it just because they screw up a... I, I won't eat it. You just are like, no, I can't eat that? Will not eat scrambled eggs. They don't look or smell right to me. Will you ever make like an egg sandwich? No, as long as it's got it. Well, if it's got like a, uh, like a, like a, like a sunny side up egg or something like that with the yolk running. But like I've never had like at McDonald's or Burger King or anything like that. One of their breakfast sandwiches with an egg. In this fact, is... I'll return the sandwich if it has an egg on it because I could just take it off, but then it has that smell of the egg on it. And I'll take it back. This is fascinating to me. You really don't eat anything. I, I don't. And. Um, How yeah, did you get big? I mean, holy shit, I know why I'm big, because I like everything. But how did you get big? What were you eating? Candy bars? Can't, a lot of candy. It was probably a lot of candy. Because yeah, you do eat a lot of candy at the radio stations. Yeah. I I have not had a candy bar, though, since for over a year now. I have not. And you don't miss it a little, do you? To be honest, no, I don't. I, yeah. I go into gas stations, and I walk by the candy section, and I don't really... Like last time, my daughter had some like Reese's thin peanut butter cups or whatever, mm-hmm. and she asked if I wanted one. I was like, Nah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it probably wrecked your stomach now after going a year without that garbage. Let's see here. I do not eat mushy tomatoes and cooked, or now peppers or onions unless onions are grilled and butter. No broccoli, cauliflower, mushrooms. I eat mushrooms. That I do like. I like mushrooms like on a uh, like a pizza or something like that, or a burger. I like that. Broccoli, I've never tried. Never tried broccoli. All right. You're going to have me over once you get that grill going. Yeah. And I'm going to bring a bunch of shit that I know you haven't eaten. <laughs> and, and we're going to have some of it. What are you, eight, like, Seth? A, asparagus and stuff like that. I talk to my wife all the time. I've never tried asparagus. I've never, um, I, I, Dude. Yeah, you barely tried lettuce. I certainly don't <laughs> think you've tried asparagus. Gunner, you're not far off. I mean, I was just talking to my wife about that the other day. I said, I apologize to her because I think somewhere along the line of my development, my brain stopped. It might have been somewhere around like 16 because, you know, I'm, I like, like girls and stuff like that. So I did reach puberty at some point, but I'm not sure I advanced much past that. <laughs> Because my sense of humor, my, my everything that I do, I, I can be fairly irresponsible at times. And the food and stuff, it, it's just, yeah, I, I don't like going to doctors. So, yeah, I think brain development stopped somewhere in my mid to late teens. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just can't get over that you don't eat anything. Well, I mean, like anything. I mean, I eat a lot of stuff, but it's just not... Most people buy a cookbook. You buy a cook page. Like, I'm trying to think of fruits. And <laughs> I just tried a strawberry a few years back for the first time. Never had a strawberry before. Now go, I really like strawberries. Your, what, how old are you? 41. 46. How do you go 45 years without eating a strawberry? They didn't look appetizing to me, but now I really like strawberries. Did you like now strawberry ice cream as a kid? No. What, like Never tried had, it. No, back in the day when they had, like, the Neapolitan. Yeah. I would, Leave a little bit of the sliver of chocolate that was next to the strawberry because I didn't want to touch the strawberry. But you never even tasted it. But it How do you make that decision? 
if it wasn't chocolate or vanilla, I, I just but how did you make that decision? See, because for me, I assumed that even though it was ice cream, that strawberry meant healthy, and I was like, I don't really think that's good for me. All right? What about sherbet? I like orange sherbet. All right, but no rainbow. No, no, no! Come on, man. <laughs> I'm like the biggest Superman fan that you could possibly find. My leg is now Superman leg. Right. I have a tattoo of Superman on my my arm. I have Superman stuff all over my office. I tried Superman ice cream or whatever it is one time, and okay. I almost threw up. Last time I ever <laughs> it was multicolored again. Forget it. Oh my god! How about like blueberries? I've never had a blueberry. Raspberries? No. I've had raspberry flavored stuff, but never an actual raspberry. Well, like a blueberry pop tart. No, no, no. I never really had pop tarts. Never. Not even out of the vending machine. I I had a chocolate pop tart, and I decided pop tarts were not my thing. Yeah, those aren't. I'm trying to think of the other berries I have not tried. Um, I've never tried like a kiwi. I've had a banana. Um, I, I I'll join you in the banana crew. I have not had a banana since I was like five. Now I'm not really supposed like to eat bananas. There's too much potassium for me, so I don't really eat bananas. I don't like them. They just taste gross. But yeah, my list of stuff that I haven't done is is fairly extensive. I, I have exactly one thing that people are always surprised that when I say I've never had it, and that's peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Really? I've never had one. And it, it just smells wrong to me. See? You know, much like you with the eggs. Yeah. It just, it, and, and I love peanut butter and I love jelly. So I know put together, I probably, if I would taste it once, I would probably like it. But I just, I don't know. I probably did try it once and threw up when I was like two or something. And, and it's just mentally in my head that I can't go back to it. But it's the only thing. I'll try anything else. If you put yeah. it in front of me and tell me it's food, I will eat it. I'll eat jelly, but it's got to be like, it doesn't have like the chunks of fruit or something like that in it. Yeah, it's I mean, got to be a smooth jelly. A smooth spread. <laughs> like the flavor. kind that they serve at the hotels or whatever. That yes. is slick. Yeah. It's a, like jello. Yeah, a smooth <laughs> jello spread of really flavored whatever it is that they, they right. put on toast or a sandwich. I'll eat that. What about jello? Will you eat jello? I eat jello, but yeah, I've had jello. Only a certain color, though? No, I, for the most, I'm, I don't, yeah, I'll eat jello. All right. But, so you'll eat. Lime Jello, but you won't eat a lime. Yeah, I've never had a lime or a lemon. You never put a lime in like a beer. No, or a lemon. Never. No. <laughs> no, where you were, man, Jesus. Nope. I've had peaches, <laughs> but I've never had. I've only had canned peaches. Oh, you never just eaten a. I've I'll never had honest, an actual peach. Eating a peach will either make you love them or hate them because that little furry skin on them. Yeah. It does irritate your stomp, your mouth, like yeah. your teeth. Julie Holiday, the girl that used to do the news, mm-hmm. uh, gave me some like orange slices. Yeah, and the candy or real ones? Real ones. Okay. And it was the first time I'd ever tried orange slices. Like I've had orange juice. Okay. With no pulp or anything like that, because I don't, I don't like that. But so I had. She gave me some orange slices. Okay. And. I didn't actually eat them. I just kind of sucked the juice out of them. <laughs> and they tasted all right. But Will you eat apples? No. Well, I've tried apples this past year because I was trying to get more of the fruit thing, and they were okay. But I've never had like I've never had an apple pie. 
you ever had, have you tried different colored apples, like a green one and a no. dark red and then a Macintosh and all that? I bought a, I went to Patterson Fruit Farm out in like Chesterland or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Great place. Love that place. Uh, but I bought a big, huge 10 pound sack of apples. Right. Said, These are the best. And I was like, okay, I'm at an apple farm. I sure. just started walking again. I was like, All right, I'm going to try some apples. Okay. And I got this sack of apples back to the house. I think I took a bite out of one and then the rest of them sat in the fridge. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Right. But so, pies, like pies. I don't, I don't eat pie. Hmm. That sounded really bad. I don't eat like fruit cooked pies, pies. Cooked pies. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, I know it sounds stupid because I like chocolate, but I've never had like like a French silk pie. God, you're missing out. Because I don't like whipped cream. Never had whipped cream. Oh my god! I'll eat vanilla cream, but not but whipped cream. Not whipped cream. I've never had like whipped cream on a Sunday. Or How are the two different? A vanilla cream has more of a sugary, thicker consistency. Whipped cream to me. It doesn't look good to me. It does not look tasty. Mm-hmm. Your eating habits are odd, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit weird. Artificial flavors. Um, sherbet, strawberries, or cut up sugar, water. No peanut butter, bananas. Good. So, yeah, my, uh, my daughter likes to eat the strawberries with sugar. I don't eat that. But I have learned to, like, actually cut up strawberries. I don't. All right. Oh, sure <laughs> Dude, come on, man. What are you talking about? What are you trying to say here? I'm just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This, I, I'm stunned. <laughs> well, I don't you think you should be stunned. I, mean, it's I not am like, stunned. How do you, I mean, you don't eat anything. Like a, a pizza. If you ask me to get, like, a, if you said, what do you want in a pizza tonight? It's going to be sausage and maybe mushrooms. Other than that, you can't name something that I would put on a pizza other than sausage or mushrooms. But if you were at a party and somebody had, I don't know, Nothing but like an uh, uh, extreme, whatever they call that, uh, with all the vegetables on it. You would like just not eat. Kind of pizza? No. Yeah. You would no. just not eat. I would not eat. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> just not gonna, not Even gonna when that. you were drinking? Nope. When you, when, you were, when you were partying hard, you would. No. Because, dude, you get, a, you get me with a snout full of alcohol. See, that's the other thing that I, I won't do because, again, very, very routine. Yeah. If I start to drink, I'm not eating anything. I cannot have a beer with a meal. Wow. Like, if you put me at a party with a bunch of chicken wings and everything mm-hmm. else, I'm going to eat the hell out of those chicken wings, and then I'll drink a beer. But I will not drink a beer while I'm eating something. I can't do it. Yeah. I don't do that often. That, like, I'll tell you, that, that's another one. Here's another one that's probably weird for me because I do like to drink. I will not drink wine. Never. Yeah, I'm not a wine drinker. Never. I don't like it. I, I'm yet to find a flavor that I like. Although I will say that I've done a lot of reading and a lot of researching as far as my condition now, mm-hmm. whether it's kidney stuff or the diabetes and stuff. And it does say that wine isn't really that bad. It says that I can have a, a beer in like moderation, um, but wine isn't actually, can actually be good for you. Yeah. And it's gross. But I haven't tried any of that stuff yet. No. Monday, do we, uh, do we, are we confirmed on that or no? Not We're yet. not confirmed yet. Okay. So. I'm hoping that comes through. Yeah, I have not gotten an email back saying that we are good, and I don't know his work schedule to know to to say. But um, 
I think we I, we probably what, what we can we can tease it. We will probably be talking about the mob on Monday. Yeah, how's that? Uh, that would be really fun. So yeah, I'm gonna look into that and see what we can do. With that I think that's gonna be a, a good show if we can get that done. Yep. Um, I appreciate. Um, uh, what's that guy name? Giancarlo. <laughs> Man, Giancarlo Florida coming on tonight. That was fun. I enjoyed that. I'm going to post that interview uh, that'll be up uh, sometime tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Yeah, he was fun. He, had, up. he was good. He actually texted me during during this. He's like, ah, I've got to do that again. That was a lot of fun. Hey, I, I'm going to check out Faith's Edge just because you know, I want to see if it's as bad as you might like it. You might I like might. it. Look, I, he hits that one button for me that yeah. I don't love vocally. And it's funny because he was naming other guys that I don't love vocally, <laughs> you know, like like Michael Sweet, and and I know Michael, and, yeah. and I'm friends with Michael. But the the next time I pull out a Striper album to listen to from start to finish will be the first time. We got to see if we can get George Lynch on. We could get George Lynch on. That that's not even hard. He just you know the problem with George is more he's. Never he's a, in the country? Well, no, he's in the country, but he's sometimes he's way in the country. Like he's way in the desert somewhere. Yeah. Like he he does <laughs> you want to talk about Tony's internet problems. George, I've got a couple interviews with me posted up there with George where it's just kinda really spotty. So where can people find all your stuff? They can go to chrisaken.net or they can go to cmspn.com most of my stuff is there or just look up my name on rumble or youtube or bitchute or odyssey or wherever i'm everywhere i've actually started posting stuff on all these different sites too like absolutely the bitchutes and the odysseys and Mm -hmm. truth social yeah um so check out the seth williams show on all these different sites that's right rumble rumble all of them and of course, yeah. the CMSPN.com, the network. That's right. Um, you can check out the show there too. Yeah, this show's there too. So, all good. So. All right, man. Well, thank you for tonight. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. And uh, thank you, everybody, listening tonight. And be here Monday. Uh, we'll have another fun show planned. That's right. So thank you again. See you then. Have a great night, everybody. See you. Peace.